Welcome to the first episode of LTD. Let's talk drag. Yay! Yay! We are so excited to be starting this podcast. It's taken a lot of work to come to fruition, and we hope that you love our baby. So my name is Jessica. I'm a 37-year-old African-American woman from America, um, specifically the South. I am um, living in Georgia by way of California. Um, I have a husband who you'll meet shortly and two little girls who are casual drag race fans as well. Okay, my name is Chris. I am Jessica's husband. I was roped in the drag race a few years ago, but I have since grown to love the show and appreciate the art form. Uh, one of my favorite queens is uh, Alyssa Edwards. To me, that when I think drag queen, that's what I think about. And I'm excited to be doing just any podcast. I like to hear myself <laughs> talk. So uh, might as well be about drag race. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name's Jay. I am 35 years old. I am a most casual watcher of drag race. I've only seen about a half of one whole season, and uh, I'm excited to see what the you what down under <laughs> has to offer. Oh, damn it! <laughs> All right. Um. So now I just kind of want to do a quick description of our podcast. Right? What is LTD? So RuPaul's Drag Race is an awesome show, an awesome platform that allows queens from all over the world to get the shine and the credit and the recognition that they, they deserve. However, I do not or we do not expect and want this podcast to be just about RuPaul's Drag Race. So that's why we specifically and strategically called it Let's Talk Drag. So we can talk all things drag. We might want to revisit other seasons of Drag Race. We might want to check out other shows um, that relate to the art form of drag. I've heard there's a few other ones like Dragula and things like that. We also might want to just talk about drag randomly. We might want to talk about favorite queens. We might want to talk about the tea and the drama that's happening in the drag world. So yeah, so we specifically have called it LTD or Let's Talk Drag. All right, so let's get on with the first episode of Drag Race Down Under entitled G'day, 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 Mike. G'day, G'day, G'day. So moving on to the intros. Yes. So before we make our notes about the intros, I did want to add that I thought it was very interesting, very avant-garde, that the queens, we actually already saw their entrance looks before they even walked into the workroom, right? So they actually wore their promo looks into the workroom. I don't know if I like that or not. Or did they I... wear their workroom looks to the promo? Right. So I wonder if this means that the promos were done the same day. Um, the same, you know, maybe it's all done in the same day, so they're wearing the same clothes. But I don't know if I like it or not because, you know, it was one of my funnest parts is just really getting that first impression and seeing them in an outfit. So let's talk about their um, entrance. We're going to go in order. So first up. First into the workroom, Art Simone. Art Simone, a classic queen from the jump. Loved everything about the look. Can't wait to see where she goes. Yeah, love Art Simone. She's definitely a front runner for me. That outfit is everything. The, the paint splatters, the hair, the makeup. I live. Yeah, I thought uh, Art Simone looked like a very polished queen when she came in. Uh, easily tell that she knew what she was doing, <laughs> which is not always the case when they enter the workroom. Uh, I thought she looked looked really good. 
had a very, very filthy mouth, though. <laughs> Language was one of the first things I mentioned. There was a lot of F-bombs coming out of Art Simone. Which is interesting that they're not beeped out in Australia. But I guess maybe because it's on Wow Presents Plus, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely the network that it's airing right. on, not so much. My bad. <laughs> okay, next into the workroom, Maxi Shield. Maxi Shield. Hmm. We love a hippie queen now, don't we? We love a plus size queen. I'm not mad at her look. Um, I think that larger queens have a tendency to portray a certain character that's pretty similar across the board. So hopefully she's not stuck in that same kind of vibe. But, you know, I feel like she's got a lot of drag years under her belt. And it's going to be interesting to see if she goes far, if she goes home early, or how, how it goes for her. Yeah, she's definitely an old school queen. A lot of the old school queens are the ones who are wearing the breastplate consistently. I've learned that um, that that's where they call themselves female impersonators when they're wearing the, the boobs. And a lot of the queens, I mean, I think no other queen wore boobs. Uh, so um, she was okay. I mean, nothing to write home about. Yeah, when she walked in and even when we were watching the promo videos, I immediately, she reminded me of Ginger Minge. And I was a big fan of Ginger. Uh, so I'm hoping that Maxi Shield can bring that same kind of energy, uh, just fun loving and uh, very entertaining. I thought she looked good in the purple. Um, bigger queens are not necessarily my thing, but I think she's pulling off the look fairly well. Uh, and so, but here's the hoping that maybe a big queen can can win RuPaul's Drag Race because it's few and far between. Next. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, falling down on the job is Chris. <laughs> but picking it right back up, next into the workroom, Jojo Zaho. Jo Have jo you Zaho. heard the news? <laughs> Jojo Zaho. Uh, I'm going to be honest, did not love Jojo's look, but was a fan of Jojo as a person of color and as a, they consider themselves black, so I will address them as black. But, you know, it's just good to see that there is a little bit of color down under. Color down under. I loved JoJo's outfit. I loved, like, the plastic doll look. It was obvious with her makeup and the wig that it was, like, where she was serving doll. Um, and I was here for it. Um, I like the see-through dress. Um, I love that she is a queen of color and um, that she's very passionate about her indigenous roots. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about her for now. I have a lot more to say. Yeah, I thought the I, I noticed that every time I come in, I say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for JoJo, I thought it was, I guess it was, to me, it was the first introduction of what drag often looks like or sometimes looks like in Australia with the plastic wig. And it's something that is new to me. It's not something that I see on a regular basis and don't necessarily associate with drag. It's an interesting look. Uh, you can tell that she had a lot of pers personality. It's a wonderful name. Jojo Zaho is just yeah. very funny. It's, it's excellent to say. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and she, and she was funny. She was she was a very funny queen, so I was looking forward to seeing more of JoJo. Next up, next up into the workroom was Electra Shock. Electra Shock, initial impressions, ooh, ooh. flat hair. Yeah, that wig, honey. No, ooh, messed up queen. No, you aren't deserving much in that wig. Um, the outfit itself, uh, it was cute. 
It's cute, little pasties and stuff. Um, makeup was okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it, I did it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought uh, Electroshock was tall. That's that's one of the first things that stood out. Uh, she said that she was expensive, and then she wore that broke-ass wig. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, if you're going to claim to be expensive, then yeah. you need to have a wig that matches that aesthetic yeah. because it, it did not match. It was distractingly bad. Like, you could see the, it, the wig looked like it had been worn, like, five days straight, and it, it's frizzy and fuzzy. It is definitely not up to par if you're going to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the things that stood out to me. Electroshock more like Electro Broke. Oh. <laughs> no tea, no shade. Oh. Right. Next. Electra was followed into the workroom by Scarlett Adams. Scarlett Adams. Again, a very polished look, mm-hmm. but also slightly boring until she opens up her jacket. Because <laughs> I was not moved initially when I saw her. I was like, um, okay, is this how they do it down under? But, you know, she. She brought a little bit with the reveal, I guess, but overall, initial impressions, meh. I loved the look. Um, I liked the little straps as a sh- as a bra type situation. Um, she reminds me a lot of Aquaria, the winner of Drag Race season eleven. So I already was kind of like I had a good taste in my mouth for her. She reminded me of a broke Brooklyn Heights, <laughs> and I stand by that. Uh, she mentioned that she was a dancer. Brooklyn was a dancer. Uh, it seemed like that's kind of the look, but just not quite the level of Brooklyn Heights. I think she has a lot of potential. Uh, so I know she has a troubled past in terms of race relations. So I'm not necessarily rooting for her right off the bat. She could bring me to her side, but who knows? Uh, I thought the look was okay for, for what it is. I mean, a red pantsuit and a strappy bra next next up was coco jumbo coco jumbo i'm living for coco again another queen of color down under i loved the hair the makeup the dress everything i lived i'm very um excited to see what coco brings to rupaul's drag race down under she thick nah uh, her look is cool. She, you know, again, another purple look on a, on a larger queen. You love to see it. Hers was a little bit too tight, I feel like. She 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 could have done a little bit, you know, with a little bit of extra room in there. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited to see where she goes, though, as a black queen. I thought Coco looked pretty good. Uh, the wig is very nice. Honey, I was corrected, is not necessarily blonde. Uh, honey into the dark roots was a good look. And purple does look good. Uh, on on larger queens purple is just a good color in general and i think both maxi and coco wore it very well but who wore uh, best coco yeah i gotta give it to coco yeah coco um but yeah coco is the second indigenous aboriginal queen on the show and the last aboriginal queen on the show the shame uh, so at all. i i am glad that spoiler alert incorporated some people of color into uh, drag race uh, down under because before that all the people I knew from Australia were white like white white you know Mel Gibson 
And <laughs> not necessarily that he, he want, you want Mel Gibson to be the representative of your country. Uh, so it was good to see that JoJo Zaho and Coco Jumbo were providing some representation. Next into the workroom was Kida, Kida, Kida? Kita mean um the plastic wig, big hair, you know, it's a look. Is it a look that I prefer? No. <laughs> but it's very well put together. You can tell she's been doing drag for a while. And uh I think that, you know, she'll she'll probably go far in the competition. I mean, she's one of the definitely one of the more polished queens that we've seen so far. Um, in the promos, her look definitely caught my eye. It was definitely one that I remembered. Um, that wig alone, I mean, that is a moment. I mean, it really is. Um, I love the pigtails. I love the makeup. The outfit, not my favorite, but definitely something that I remembered um, from the promo. She looks like a K-pop or J-pop or anime character come to life. It's it's a sight to behold. I thought the wig was very nice, but also it was like that same kind of plastic look that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Uh, the outfit is what it is. I, I think it fits the look that she was going for. Uh, it, it was very well put together. Uh, it's it's a it's pleasing to the eye. It's very eye catching. Uh, it's it's something out of all the if they're all standing in a row, your eye kind of draws to kid of me in in that outfit, which which says a lot because they're. Or ten queens, and she's able to catch her attention with that bright pink wig and the <laughs> and that dress that is like a uh, candy striper on crack almost, <laughs> just colors all over the place. Um, so yeah, I think she's one to look out for. Next into the workroom was etc. etc. The cockroach from Down Under. <laughs> Uh, not a big fan of her initial look, and until she explained it, I had no idea. I was like, ooh, why would she choose an all-brown ensemble? <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm sure she'll be interesting to keep up with, because that's a bold choice to make for your intro to everybody. So, we'll see what she does. Uh, wasn't a fan initially. Um, she was actually a little annoying. I was not a fan of the cockroach look. I mean, I get... With the, with the catchy phrase that she said, um, I know I get it, but wasn't a fan. Can't kill a cockroach. I didn't even know it was a cockroach. When I first saw uh, like the promo vids, I just thought she was wearing brown. I was like, oh, who wants to wear brown? You know, out of all the colors, when you got people rocking pink and bright reds and paint splattered dresses and you're in brown, then she says, can't kill a cockroach. I was like, oh. <laughs> That is an interesting choice. Uh, she's young, obviously, but I think she has a lot of potential if she can kind of pull it together. Next into the workroom was Anita Wiglet. Anita, mm. you to go home. Mm. Not a fan. Uh, that look, that kiss, kiss look is is played out. Her face is played. Uh, I'm over it. Not a fan. Yeah, those facial expressions were killing me and. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I hated the look. I hated the horns on the shoulders. Um, yeah, I, not my kind of queen. Anita, oh, man, <laughs> it's it's it really looks like uh, she got dressed in 1984. 
and then continued to age, kept the same outfit on, and then woke up in 2021. Uh, and she looks old. She looks really old, like a like a time capsule almost. <laughs> I mean, she looks old to be in her mid thirties. Correct. She looks old to be in her mid thirties, and I think it's the way that the makeup is worn. It's the way the it's the hair that she chose, the outfit itself, and the way she holds her face. She just looks so old. It's like she's serving uh, early sixties or something like that. And there's nothing wrong to the ladies in their sixties. But I'm sure you probably look better than Anita in the way that she was wearing this outfit. It's just, it's there's potential there if she can get control of that face, because uh, it is really, really, <laughs> it's really bad. It's it's distractingly bad. Um, and we forgot to mention this with Kidamine, but Anita is the other club owner, and she's a business partner with Kidamine, and they are the bosses of. Electra shock because Electra works at their club so that's something to keep an eye out uh, as the season progresses because when business intersects with RuPaul's Drag Race it has the potential to provide some fireworks um I didn't know there was so much shade in Australia and they were coming out the gate with it but we'll oh, I'm referring there. to Chris oh! <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of shade that he just threw at well, Anita <laughs> that was American shade so <laughs> I know they're like a day ahead, so hopefully she'll, she'll catch it one day. So either way, next into the workroom was Karen from Finance. Karen from Finance, an easy and early favorite. The outfit was uh, what you would expect Karen from Finance to look like. Or, you know, she's a mother at someone's church. I don't know. It's hard to say. Drag is very interesting. Uh, I think she's going to go far. She's very polished. Her character and her look are all put together very well she's definitely an early front runner for me yeah karen is everything you want in a drag queen i think she um transcends any country she could come to an american club and kill it i mean the hair the makeup the outfit i mean everything just just perfection um definitely top four material um her sense of humor just that's always a good thing to have as a drag queen. Sherry Pie, oh, see, it happened. It happened. I knew it was gonna happen. I'm sorry. And so this is what I want. This Without is what I was gonna say. Uh, Karen from Finance reminded me a lot of Sherry Pie, and so I did not want to like Carrie. Uh, Karen, <laughs> Karen, Karen, really, damn son, did not want to like Karen from Finance because she was serving to me Sherry Pie, and Sherry Pie was. A uh, trash human being for for, for yeah. scamming all of those from scamming all those guys, and so, but once she walks in and she does the miss the mark gag and it is <laughs> hilarious. It's it's just funny. You can tell that this person has a very good sense of humor. Was very polished, and even though uh, she is a larger queen, the way that she was able to. Um, cinch it, it provides her with a very good shape and the outfit was was on point and i believe it was jojo <laughs> that said uh she was going to take her outfit and you know they took my land so the least i can do is take her outfit so it's it's i i think karen is definitely a front runner someone to watch okay so that um, was all the entrance looks um next we got to see a little Australian shade. Yeah, we right? did. 
Um, was it Art Simone? Art Simone from the jump, just coming in, uh, highlighting the fact that Keita and Anita are business partners, and you know they didn't know Keita got there first, and or what Keita? Yeah, Keita, Keita came first. Keita came first, and the. Uh, you know, was talking mad trash about Anita riding her coattails and, you know, it's why it's Keaton and, and then Anita, she's the better queen. And then, bam, guess who walks in the door? Mm. Anita. Mm. And I'm going to be honest, I, I feel what Keita is saying better. Better queen all around. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> Keita's name is first, at least early on, because if there was a choice between the two, I'd definitely go see Keita. I would probably run away from anita Ooh. yeah i'd probably take a nap or Ooh, whatever wow. any anything other than go to that show <laughs> i don't i don't mean to be so mean uh but it's it's just some it's the way that she does the face and it's it's not pleasing to look at it's, it's not right. something i want to look at if i'm watching tv and it's something that she can fix right it's not like yeah. we're making fun of her as a person or a specific trait it, it, it's again it's something that she could consciously fix she could say okay i'm not making these stupid ass faces anymore so um i think it's fair to critique her on that i don't think it would be fair to critique her on something that she couldn't change right uh anything else to mention about the shade before we move on to the first mini challenge uh i think that the shade also highlighted the insecurities of electric shop working mm. or going competing against her bosses because she was immediately like withdrawn once she saw that one was there and then both of them showed up and it was like a whole like different queen after that right and then she was kind of in her feelings because people were like who are you <laughs> and so they were kind of giving electric shock a hard time because she d apparently does not have the notoriety of other, of other queens but you're right as soon as Keita walked in she immediately withdrew i think she even said oh the boss is here and so if that's the mindset going in uh, that's going to be have to, something that she's going to have to overcome otherwise she's going to talk herself into going home real quick and in fact i think that she got up and gave Keita her seat oh wow. and while they were uh because she yep. Keita took the seat that she was sitting in and she just kind of blended into the background after that so you are very right because she was sitting smack yeah, dab smack in, the in the middle and then Keita comes in Electra stands up and she sits down it's like well you know regardless of how this rupaul thing goes <laughs> i still need, I still I need, still need, still need the job yeah, that's true. yeah so i think that that's going to be a very interesting dynamic uh -huh. between the three of them yeah who's coming out on top though of those three Keita. Maybe Kida. I mean, well, it's really only between the two because everybody knows Anita ain't, <laughs> ain't coming out. So, I mean, you never know. If yeah, she fixes right. the face, uh, there's there's a I chance. I don't see her fixing that face, though. She seems locked in that since, I believe it was 1984, someone yeah. said. <laughs> I, do, I did say 1984, and I, I'm sticking by that. She's, she's been making the same face so. for 37 years. Yeah, so, uh yeah, who 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 knows? Though? Who knows? I I would give it to to Keto or Electra though, definitely. So, all right. So mini challenge, the first mini challenge of Drag Race Down Under, Thar, not to be confused Thar. with Thor, right? Um, it's an acting challenge, so we come right out with an acting challenge. Uh, Taika Waititi, Waititi, child, that name. Um, <laughs> Taika Waititi. Uh, joined remotely to help with this challenge. 
Um, and so we're just going to go in order of the way that the queens were shown with their acting chops. Um, we start out with Art Simone. As much as I love the way she looks, I can't say I was too impressed with the acting. Well, she was from the plant thickening. <laughs> and so she was trying her best to be super thickening. Super thickening. <laughs> it's always funny when, when people have to uh, have a lisp. And it was it's just funny. Thick, yeah, it was funny. Thickening. <laughs> I think that the uh, acting all around was fairly weak from all the queens. So not to pick on Art Simone, but I, I feel like... Uh, Majority of them were very weak in their acting abilities. Yeah, and Maxie followed it up with a terrible fake orgasm. So, oh yeah, yeah. that was so awkward though. Imagine <laughs> like try, like she said, you're standing in front of RuPaul faking an orgasm. I don't know what I would do. You gotta have one on deck, ready to pop. Okay, well, I'm I mean it's that. competition. <laughs> it's the equivalent of lip syncing for your life, only orgasm for your life. Orgasm for your life. But speaking of RuPaul. Uh, I was a little surprised to see him there in person, especially since he was not present uh, for Drag Race Canada, which is a much closer country. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he was able to get into Australia during COVID. So that's that was kind of a nice surprise because I was expecting some kind of uh, random mix of judges. So mm -hmm. seeing RuPaul there, it definitely helps make the show better. It's always better when he's there. Okay. Any standouts from the challenge before we move on? Uh, I, I feel like Electra was the standout she, for me. Yeah. The scream that she let the out. The scream. Uh, you know, was well appreciated, I feel like, by everyone involved. Yeah, Electra was definitely the standout. Uh, she, was, she could actually act uh, and had a good scream. But the wig was still bad. It was such a such such a bad wig. It's like expert. This is if this is your first presentation to the world, you think you'd have a better wig, but it yeah. it is it is what it is. Anita was still making a weird face. Uh, Karen had a funny dance that she was doing, so that <laughs> was kind of nice. Back back it up to Anita. Rue asked for one emotion. Anita did it, and then Rue asked for a different emotion. Oh, yeah. And the face was the same, so I right. think that that's going to be a problem in that they already see that that face is kind of her thing. So it's like, can you do anything else, or is this, or is this it? Yeah. And if that's it, then yeah. peace. JoJo was hilarious, but then everyone else was essentially quick cuts, <laughs> of, <laughs> right. amounting to maybe ten seconds of screen time between the other queens. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Electra definitely won that hand. Right, so Electra wins the mini challenge. You're yeah. really excited about that. And then Mama Rue talks to us about the maxi challenge, um, a get-to-know-you ball. Um, so the queens have to serve two looks on the runway. The first look is Born Naked, which is serving new drag illusion. The second look is No Place Like Home, a look that is inspired by your hometown. Thoughts on the challenges? Well, before the challenges, um, uh, while they're getting ready or after the mini challenge and they're just kind of hanging out. Yeah, the D-drag. Uh, the tradie of the season came up and I was like, I, I had no idea what it was, but uh, yeah, yeah. so it was weird to me. So yeah, I I've been learning that trade that, like, I think it, apparently it's, it's all over the world. This is a common... Um, 
phrase or name. It's basically a person that you want to have a one night stand with, somebody you think is sexy, attractive. And there's always that anticipation of how these men will look once they take their makeup off and their wigs and all of that. Um, any thoughts? Who is the trade of the season? Uh, I couldn't tell you because I couldn't tell you who anybody was <laughs> outside of Dragon. It is an honest, yeah, honest assessment aside from Coco and JoJo, and I had a hard time with those two. Right? Yeah, I could tell you Coco and JoJo, but then uh, we were just looking at pictures, and I, and now I can't remember what they look like. <laughs> uh, Scarlet Adams, and I believe it was etc etc looked similar to me or i I take that back i didn't know what etc etc looked like (laughs) when i saw the picture i was like that that person is not on the show that is (laughs) is that that is some random white guy that they just plucked out of australia so uh i I could not tell you and for one i'm not really the the best judge but i mean i don't know it's hard to say uh who did who did they settle on being the trade was it art simone I don't know. I say Art Simone is the trade. Well, I mean, he's a weird looking guy. <laughs> we got a different look, definitely. I I, um, I don't I don't know who they said, but I don't think I would have settled on Art Simone. <laughs> I, I, I guess again, I was definitely shook by how different they looked outside of drag. I know a lot of in a lot of cases you see somebody out and like, oh, okay, yeah, that looks like him. Oh, okay, yeah, she looks this similar. But some of these people, I would not have been able to place their out-of-drag look with their drag look. I would like to clarify that there was one other person that I could did- identify, and it was Anita Wiglet. <laughs> the face, the face. Was, the, was the same. So yeah. It's the nose. Yeah, the nose is the uh, nose it, it's quite a profile. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, I was lost, but... It was very interesting that they all look so different from their male counterparts. So. Yeah. All right. And so then we go to the next day in the workroom. They're getting ready for their maxi challenge. And that's, of course, a time when uh, notoriously the producers come in. They whisper in some queen's ear to ask some crazy question or bring something up. Um, and somehow JoJo brings up the uh, fact that she lived on a mission uh, which is basically a concentration camp for black people in Australia, right? Like, whoa. On the edge of town, mm-hmm. you need permission to leave. And, you know, you can't just ride off into quote unquote regular town because you are a black, which is insane to think about. And JoJo isn't very old at all, which means mm-hmm. that this isn't, you know, so far removed. And it's just wild to think about even in Australia, black people are suffering the same kind of struggles that we suffer here in America. Yeah. When I heard that, my my note was (laughs) WTF is anywhere safe. And it's it's crazy to think that regardless of where you are as a person of color, a black person, uh, you have to deal with all this BS. You know, you you can't even live where you want to live. You have to live on a mission and have to get permission to leave. Uh, in a free country, which is which is odd. Uh, I don't know much about Australia. I, the comparison to a concentration camp, uh, I don't know how accurate or extreme that is because uh, I, I don't want to make uh, light of concentration camps, uh, especially with all, everything that happened there. Uh, but regardless, if, if someone is being 
uh, forced to live in a certain area because of their skin color or because they are indigenous or, or rather not white. That's just that's, that's insane, especially in, in this day and age. It's something that I definitely need to do some more research on, but still surprised that regardless of where you are as a person of color, you always have to deal with some BS. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Keita brings up her weight loss journey and shared some relatable um, things. She shared a picture of her overweight self in drag, looking fabulous, a few extra pounds heavy. Um, but yeah, I found it relatable, the things that she shared um, about how mentally the shift uh, of weight loss is, is often maybe harder than the physical shift. Um, but yeah, I thought that was definitely a nice story to share. It kind of made me like her a little more. And to harp on it again, uh, Electra's inner saboteur was definitely present during this time. And you could definitely see that she had a lot of self-doubt. Um, and it's like, I hope she pulls it together because it seems like she has some potential, uh, when she's not wearing a cheap wig <laughs> to, to actually be something decent. Uh, but yeah, you could already see the self doubt just kind of creeping in. Uh, but speaking of Kita, they also played up, uh, the dynamic between Kita and Anita, uh, because what happens to that relationship if Anita ends up being the one uh, that tops Kita? So I, I'm very curious uh, to see how that goes, because it seems like Anita it has been used to playing second fiddle, uh, being the sidekick, the Robin to Keita's Batman. And so if there is a change in that dynamic, how would that relationship change, not only on the show, but back home? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that uh, it, to me, it's going to be very hard for Anita to top Keita, just as, you know, just looking at them as two queens, uh, and just how polished and finished they both are. I mean, Anita has her own finished look, but it's a very specific one-note situation, whereas we saw, you know, Kita in a couple different looks and a couple different styles of drag. So I think that uh, it would be hard for, for Anita to top that, but I think that Electra might sneak up and top both of them. Yeah, what happens if Electra wins? Does she get the club? <laughs> <laughs> Let's race the states and drag race. Yes. Get that $30,000. I'm taking your business. We're playing for D. <laughs> um, so, and other, you know, they're, they're scrambling and, and getting ready for the first runway. And one of the worst things that can happen on Drag Race happens to Scarlett. She rips dun, dun, her dun. outfit. Damn it. Um, she has a reverse C-section situation happen, and I think she pulls it together pretty quick, though, and, and recovers pretty well for the runway. I believe it's called a back blowout. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah. her, her morph suit ripped when she tried to pull it up the rest of the way. She had too much ass inside, okay? <laughs> too much booty in the pants. Pants, too much. Can't say that we might get a hit with... Right, that's... <laughs> That's literally all that you can yeah. say <laughs> anymore. And then we have to be paying royalties or something like that. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's an unfortunate situation, especially when it's like latex or whatever it's made yeah. out of. And like so, <laughs> yeah, she broke out some staples and then old fashioned <laughs> needle and thread yeah. to, to make it happen. So shout out uh, to the skills because we've seen queens who had zero skills like, when it came to making right. outfits. Yeah, we, we've seen people <laughs> tape bags to themselves, gift <laughs> bags, and even that didn't. Shout out to Lala Ree. <laughs> the worst outfit ever on dress. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> anyway, so then of course we get our classic uh, RuPaul runway entrance montage with the lights and the little board with the things moving that I don't know what they are. And then here comes Mama Ru wearing a beautiful sleeveless black floor length sequin gown or um sequence gown with silver flowers on one side serving a little church mama realness um of course her signature blonde wig beautifully mug, beautiful mug um but of course obviously this was put in like after production right um because then we see RuPaul, RuPaul. out of drag I feel like they whatever happened they did a good job of trying to fix Fix it after the fact. Well, I think uh, Daddy Rue, as they refer to Mama Rue and Daddy Rue, kind of, uh, you know, touched on that your luggage might not have arrived in time or, yeah. you know, some, so something clearly went wrong or went on that they had to, you know, put it in after the fact. But I think that they did a good job, even though I hope it doesn't last for very many episodes <laughs> because I was not a big fan of it. But it was OK. I, I think they did what they could. It was kind of funny. Uh, but it's like more than three cutaways to Mama Ru, and it was like, all right, okay, just it's fine. He can wear the suit. <laughs> it's a right, yeah, no one's okay. mad. We know the queen is like, yeah, <laughs> we all we only want to hear his quick wits and everything. So, uh, but Mama Ru looked good, you know, classic Never RuPaul. It's, it's Mama Ru. Never yeah. disappoint. One of the most beautiful drag queens of all. Time. Right, but I figure. Maybe Raven didn't have a passport and could not travel with, with Mama Rue, so he didn't have a makeup artist uh, to assist with the makeup, but who knows? And as someone who is very, you know, when you get set in your ways about something, I don't think that would have been the time to try to experiment with another makeup art. You know, it's like, yeah, I'd rather just not wear drag. Um, and we'll fill it in and fix it later. But hold on, we gonna act like RuPaul ain't come up doing his own makeup. But you yeah. saw, did you see what he used to look like in makeup? Not good. So, yeah, you know, but I, I you trying to tell me he ain't done makeup in that long. Uh, so I, I think at this point, it, it's not worth the risk to to the brand mm -hmm. uh, to have a have even just one janked up look or one look that's not. Uh, up to the normal standards, so mm -hmm. he probably yeah. said, "Screw it, I'll I'll rock my Clive Epstein Parker suit and be done with it." Um, and so then we see the judges. Of course, Michelle Visage is back. Um, I feel like she's been looking great lately. Like she's coming into her her golden years or something. I don't know. Um, but I've just been appreciating her looks, <laughs> her makeup, her hair, her glasses. Um, she just seems like she's just better i guess i don't know if it was the, the explant surgery or what but sis is working it yeah she's always serving that 
Cruella Deville realness. <laughs> Cruella Deville realness. Yeah, I mean, she realness. obviously made the decision not to have her hair dyed during the pandemic, and I guess she's just kind of rolling with the gray. Um, and then we also we see Taika Waititi. He makes a, he makes another appearance, and then we have Reese Nicholson, who I learned is an Australian comedian, which I find that that makes sense because he made a lot of great jokes um, on set. Um, and then we've got Daddy Root. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the runway. So, of course, the first theme is Born Naked, given the new drag illusion. And let's just talk about each queen. Um, Scarlet, she really went for it in the silicon suit. But, of course, was, was that nude illusion? I was like, there's there was no illusion. It was nude, yes, but illusion, no. Yeah, she was buck naked. <laughs> buck naked. I mean. Bouncing all over the place. Yeah, Take old bitty just bounce. <laughs> it was crazy. It was it was like uh obviously that is not something that you'd see on TV in in America. It just would have been one walking black bar all the way down the runway. Yeah. It's it's a it's a look. It's almost uh jarring. <laughs> it so, was jarring. So to speak. Um but I, I think for, for what it was, she pulled it off. Was it necessarily the challenge? Probably not, but uh complete with uh, her side C-section scar, I, I think she did okay. Yeah, so Maxi, I mean, you know, not much. I mean, I liked her garment. I think it was like a little see-through something. Um, then we had Electra um, with the Rue-inspired look. Uh, yeah, I guess we couldn't say anything okay, about I'm sorry. Maxi. Wait, I didn't know if you wanted to talk She about said we had Maxi, everybody went to sleep, <laughs> uh, and then Electra came on. <laughs> uh, but in all fairness, my note for Maxi was Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My boy yeah, said, "Now nah, y'all gonna get this note. Y'all gonna get that." Okay. Maxi Shield. Okay. <laughs> Moving oh, on to Electra. Talk about each no, one. No, no one did. Moving on to Electra. <laughs> I um. So I, I'll just kind of throw out some notes that I thought are important. Um, with Coco's look, they really hated. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're not gonna skip over Electra like that. Now he wants back. How many times did I say Electra? How many times did I say Electra? For one, you know Jay is Team Electra. As as you are Team Coco, should you try to get there so fast for me to rip her apart? Just wait. (laughs) Anyway, I think that Electra's look was very well put together. It was a reimagination of one of uh, Rue's first looks. I don't think that the judges really interpreted the born naked like she interpreted the born naked in that, you know, that's Rue's first look. She redid that. You know, I feel like it fit the theme very well. It looked good. It didn't just look like she put on the same stuff. Judge didn't see it that way. I think they're judging her a little harsher than most. Yeah, so I think you hit on something when you said her interpretation may, was different from the judges because it also happens in the next part of the challenge. Well, I thought uh, Electra's look was pretty good. Um, she had she, a different wig. Right. She had a better, much better wig on. <laughs> And to me, it gave me a Mad Max feel, which yeah. I think is a very appropriate when uh, you're in Australia. Uh, it was very much a Thunderdome, that kind of feel. So even before they mentioned uh, that it was one of, a recreation of one of Rue's look, I thought it was just a good look in general. Um, so I, I did not understand why the criticism was so tough. Uh, it was still nude-ish. And compared to some of the others, I, I thought it was all right. Same. All right. So 
Now we can talk about Coco. Now you say one nice thing about Alexa, then we'll talk about Coco. <laughs> no, I liked the look. I loved it. I thought it was great. I did. Um, I said it was creative. I thought, you know, again, using all those different elements. Of course, I feel like you can't go wrong by like kissing Ruth's butt, right? I mean, that's a barely great way to try to win. Like barely yeah, you can because yeah, it, it backfired, but. Um, so yeah, with Coco, they really hated on that look, but I thought it was really cute. Like, I thought it showed her personality. I feel like it was still nude enough. Um, I don't know why they gave her such a hard time about that look. I do. <laughs> it was cheap. It it was not well executed. The eyes were too big. The lips were too big. It did nothing for her shape, which is usually one of the benefits of being a plus size queen is that you can create all kinds of shapes and illusions. Um, but that was not present in, in that look. And it looked cheap and everything. The eyes were flopping one way. The lips are going another way. It, it was not very well executed. And I like Coco. Um, she obviously has a great personality and can be a, a beautiful queen. But this look was it was not the business. Uh, so I, I think she got every piece of that criticism was well deserved. I 100% agree. And I don't know if this is a case of, you know, she can't really make outfits or what's going on because we've seen that you know bite somebody in the ass if you can't make your outfits on command when they need to be made then you know that kind of puts you in a tough spot if it's like oh this specific challenge and then you come out here with some safety pin pillows covering <laughs> your, your your movies <laughs> and, and your little peeny peen <laughs> i can't i really can't <laughs> i'm just saying like he said, it was it was poorly executed. Um, I feel like she could have done much more with, if that was what she wanted to do, she could have done it in a much better way. Agreed. Fair enough. Um, and next we have Etcetera, Etcetera. What she had on? I don't even. She had the surgery look, and oh, no. I thought it was just a bit much. Uh I mean, with the blood and all that kind of stuff, it's it's I was like, well, is she does she identify as trans or something? Is there say that. anything like that that I'm that I'm missing? It was just, it was just a lot. It was a whole lot. It was a lot. It was not. I I wasn't here for it. It was it was hard to understand what was what you were really looking at. Like in the blood. Upon like, first look, blood? I was like, "Is that blood? Is it dirt? Like, what is happening? Yeah. What does she have going on?" Um, it it was too much, but again, she came dressed as a cockroach, so I'm not <laughs> surprised that <laughs> you know her her look was too much. Yeah. So then we have JoJo's a hoe. Have you heard the news? <laughs> JoJo was cheap. She looked cheap, <laughs> and I hate. I hate, I hate, I hate, especially when queens of color look cheap. It, it's like a, it, it, I'm triggered by it because I just want what's best. I want the best for us. And I don't like when we look cheap. And so I hated that. I wish that JoJo would have gone before Scarlet so that Scarlet wouldn't have been on their brains as, because it was a very similar look. And like you said, JoJo's look cheap, Scarlet's put together. And then both of them, no illusions. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that would have helped. <laughs> she she looked it, it looked really, really cheap. And it's it's like if Scarlet was wearing Versace 
Then wow. JoJo was wearing. Wow. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> I, I, or, or like the Walmart brand of Oshkosh. Wow. It, not baby clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're taking it all the way back to baby clothes. Not baby clothes. Oh. Uh, because it looks like her, her merkin came from a sesame not seed. A mer- uh, a sesame seed. <laughs> a sesame seed. <laughs> it's like. The sesame seed merchants are the worst. <laughs> no. She took Bert's hair wow. and then, you know, put it over her vagina. Wow. And then All right. That was a wrap on JoJo's Next. No. My final point is that it was just really cheap. And it's a shame because uh, when, when you have what Scarlet went to, regardless uh, and it was very extreme what what Scarlett did. Not saying that she should have gone that route, but when you have someone that's essentially put on a naked body, and then you come out with that, and the boobs look all weird, and it's just it was a mess. Just, it just wasn't good. And then um, Karen from Finance comes out with her glitter bodysuit look, which I thought was cute with their little reveals and just. Yeah, it was a good look. Yeah, I think I like this look. This look, I cannot speak today. I like this look more uh, when I look back on it. I was not crazy about it when I first saw it. I thought the glitter body was a little odd with the gold um, highlights uh, for the genitalia and all that kind of stuff. But when I look back on it, it probably fits the the category more than the rest of the girls. Uh, she had she came out clothed and then took more off and more off as she went through. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought that was a it was very clever execution. And the thing here was execution. She executed. It, it, was, it was there was no confusion about what she was trying to do. Yeah, I agree. Karen uh, really put on a clinic in the born naked illusion. Uh, yeah. Like you said, she executed the the theme to me the best out of everybody it wasn't like a just a nudity on display right, situation it was like <laughs> the illusion of nudity like i'm gonna strip off all these layers and you think it's gonna be my body and then it's Where? not but it's the illusion so i think she did a great job she looked fantastic now anita wiglet with the eve inspired look uh before she started making that face i was like okay not a <laughs> and then before i could finish the sentence she was right back to making that same tired ass face so yeah. uh the outfit was fine, though. I mean, yeah, cute. Yeah, I, I thought she was fine. Face was bad. Outfit okay. And then Keita comes out with the fluffy balls. I didn't get it. Did not care for it. Didn't didn't think didn't care. Didn't for see it. how it fit the thing. Yeah, I mean, either. It was if, if y'all can explain it to me, that'd be great. Um, if you can't, yeah. then we're all in the same boat. Oh, it didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And then last but definitely not least, we had Art Simone with like the two faced look. I lived. I uh, it was a great look. Again, I'm not sure that it really fit the theme. I mean, the look was very well put together, very well executed, but did it follow the theme? Mm. See, I said it did because when she turned to the one side, it was the nude illusion. Okay. But the theme was born naked, <laughs> right? <laughs> not nude illusions. <laughs> I thought it was uh, on its face. It's it's a wonderful outfit. It's it's beautiful, but in terms of the theme, I thought it was a a bit odd, a bit out of a choice um, because no one was born like whatever the hell the other <laughs> like side <two-faced>. was. <laughs> and, and 
I, I think other people just executed better. To me, that look is probably why she did not win, I think, because she got out executed. It would have been shocking if other people had not done more shocking things <laughs> with with Scarlett being all bouncy down to, and and then with Karen executing uh, flawlessly. Yeah. I just thought her look was a little weird and it would have been fine for a different runway. It probably would have got her the win, but I, I think for a nude illusion, it was just a little too much going on, uh, even though you couldn't take your eyes off of her. But I, I think other people hit the theme better than she did. Okay. Yo. All right, so then next we have the second theme, No Place Like Home, where you're representing your hometown. So Scarlett comes out first with the black swan look. You said she had a hand puppet? <laughs> yeah. It was okay. kind of weird with the hand, but I mean. I still liked it. I thought it was I thought it was clever. I mean, y'all try to tear it down by no, calling it a hand. It's, it's me saying it was a hand puppet. They try to tear it down. By calling it a hand puppet, and that does take some of the, the luster off of it. But I still thought it, I thought she executed it very well with that serving as a swan head. I thought it was cool. And wh- where was she from? Where was she representing? Somewhere in Australia. <laughs> Perth. <laughs> See? Oh. oh, she's from Perth. Yeah. Oh, same place as Daniel Ricardo, F1 racer. No one, no one knows <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, with with a lot of these looks for the second theme, you can definitely see the camp, right? So next, speaking of camp, was Maxi Shield with the prawn outfit. Um, um, <laughs> costume is what I think you meant to say. I did mean that because that's what it was. It was like trick or treat. Yeah, like that. That wasn't that wasn't I camp. Feel that it. was. I just wrote prawn. No, like, no words. I want prawns for dinner. <laughs> uh, do you guys want shrimp later, or well, you take <laughs> the head off? Yeah, no, that's that's too much work. I don't want to look at the head. Of, of I the don't prawn. want it to look at me. Yeah, that's yeah, the problem here. That's too much. Yeah. So, and I feel like Sydney could have been represented in many other ways other than prawns. She could have come dressed as the opera house. I would have preferred it. Wow, that would okay. <laughs> and then Electra came out with her heart. Rainbow feathers representing Auckland. Auckland. Um, I thought her look was very well put together, very well executed, and once mm. it was explained to me, it represented what she was saying. They have some kind of heart of something saying for Auckland. Um, but that's just too much explaining that has to happen in order for that look to really communicate yeah. what you're trying to communicate. So, uh, great look, but. Uh, no place like home. I didn't understand where your home was. Yeah, I thought she looked good, uh, but it was too, it was a lot going on with the hearts and the rainbow flag, and uh, the and, and the feathers. I thought she looked nice though, uh, and I, I did feel that the critiques were a little harsh. Um, but because who are you to tell me what what my home, what, rep- my home represents. what my home represents? And then especially when there are so many other. Uh, costumes literal costumes Hello. on the stage uh to me it, it shows that she put some thought in it uh but i think it's a shame that uh the judges may not necessarily yeah. they want it more in your face this is what i am calling it now they're not a fan of election those judges yeah. that's what it seems like and then of course next is my um favorite coco oh. in the gorilla oh. um <laughs> her face her hair immaculate uh mm-hmm. the outfit i wasn't feeling it 
Didn't like it. Again, another representative of Sydney. It's gorillas in Sydney. Right. Where the gorillas at? There are gorillas in Atlanta in the zoo. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Gorilla going case. with the tune. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I. Again, better ways to represent Sydney. But like you said, who are we to say what represents where you're from? Yeah. But no. My <laughs> issue with it, for, first off, Coco looked beautiful. Or her face was painted for the. Paint it to the gods. Okay, beat for the gods. Beat for the gods. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not good. I, I should really just stay in my lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <try>. I also, <laughs> I'm, I'm never uh, fond of uh, black people uh, dressed as monkeys or gorillas. It's just such a, and granted, I am putting my own beliefs on Coco. So, which is probably not fair because Australia is a completely different country from America. Uh, but it's just, it's not something that I necessarily want to see. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair. I mean, uh, like you said, as black Americans, we we associate us in any kind of monkey costume as, you know, a negative thing. So, for her to come out full full gorilla was a... Uh, yeah. Like sis, come on now, don't do don't do us like that. Not they no already say we monkeys, and then you gonna dress yeah. up like one. So, right, exactly. Uh, like you said, face beat to the gods, but that outfit was a no for me. But <laughs> of course, the white judges loved it. Complete with banana and everything. It was just too much. So white judges it was a lot. loved it. I mean, we had et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. I actually cetera. had something nice to say. I oh, liked she that did. Give it to us. I liked it. It was the flowy. She was giving the flowy silver situation. I liked it. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember a single thing about it. <laughs> Me neither. All I had is that it looks good. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. And uh, she was from Canberra. She was also representing Sydney. Oh, well, what's Canberra? I don't know. Um, I it had could that... be an area, a neighborhood. Okay. I know, like, of all <laughs> those countries, sure. it's like, yeah. it's weird. But either way, I, I I did think she looked good. Okay. Then JoJo's a hoe. JoJo's a hoe representing uh, First, Newcastle. Always was, always will be. And now we about to drag your ass. Like <laughs> first of all, the positive notes. Yeah, JoJo positive. held it down with what? What did? Uh, what did she call it? Fab originality. Fab originality always was, always will be. Shout out to all the indigenous Aboriginal people. But now, if you got a message on your motherfucking back, and you drawing attention to your back, your wig cap, JoJo, I'm talking to you. Better be tucked away. I don't want to see nothing out of place. Uh, I have to agree with Michelle when she says if you're going to draw attention to it, it better yeah. be spot on and on point. And she was right. And I feel like that's a big, big part of why JoJo, well, he's no more. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to make the rhyme. But oh, yes, man. JoJo is no more. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I live for people who are unapologetically black. Of course, historically, we've always had to feel less than inferior just because of the color of our skin. So anybody who's apologetically black, who, who, who makes no apologies for who they are, who draw attention to a certain type of people and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, again, I hate the cheat. 
the cheap. And I mean, to me, that could have been fixed by buying an extra hand mirror and just doing a double, double check, right? You check in the back, check the back. How does the back look? Like, come on now, as a wig wearer, you got to check the back, make sure your tracks ain't showing, wig cap. And she didn't do that. Yeah. Even beyond that, it, to me, it just looked unfinished and yep. just kind of kind of cheap, mm-hmm. which is, was kind of the theme of the night for, for JoJo. Everything yeah. looked look cheap and unfortunately you can be a cheap queen there have been successful thrifty queens but thrifty and cheap are two different things and this this was definitely cheap and unfinished and unpolished and until she takes a little more pride in her work then uh i I think uh, well she's just got some growing to do i think think that's i think she's a i don't know how long she's been doing drag but i feel like she's a pretty young queen uh who just hasn't been doing drag for very long, maybe. Because, though, like you said, those mistakes are things that you see people making. Rookie drag. Like, you're not, if you're a seasoned queen of any kind, you already know. Check your wig cap. Make sure mm-hmm. everything is zipped up, tucked up, nice and tight. And, you know, if even if it's cheap, don't don't let it look cheap. Don't look cheap. So, poor, poor JoJo. Yeah. So then we had Karen from Finance, um, representing from Karen from Melbourne. Melbourne is the drunk white lady. I loved it. It made me want to go to Melbourne to have a good time. It looked like you would have a good time in Melbourne. Uh, she flawlessly executed drunk white woman that she set out to do. And it was funny. It was fun. She looked good while doing it. And it was something that we've all seen before. And it was relatable. Great job. Definitely. Uh, she could have been a drunk white woman from anywhere <laughs> and, and she nailed it. Uh, looks like uh, the businesswoman that had too much at happy hour or middle aged mom who just had that night out with the girls and got a little too wasted. Karen executed it flawlessly. Uh, once again, showing that she is a true professional and probably the one to beat so far. I agree with that. Definitely the one to beat. Next, we had Anita Wiglet. Um, again, another costume, right? The sheep, and then the faces. And so, by note, by by now on the show, I made a note that said, "Man, I hope Michelle reads her for those stupid facial expressions." If Michelle doesn't get her by next episode, I'm calling it now. If she doesn't read her by episode two about those faces, I'm gonna be mad. Oh, girl, I thought she was about to call something for real. Like, she, <laughs> if she don't read her, she gonna win her. her. She gonna get I'll sent home. So she said, if, if she doesn't read her. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> no, I think it, she'll she'll probably be in the bottom two, and you know, hey, if she can't fix it by episode three, she's probably out of here. Yeah, that sheep and that face was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was <laughs> it was it, it was so it was it was awful. I mean, the way she holds her face is so distracting that she could be looking good, but it, it it takes away from from everything else, and it's not it's not that uh, Anita's ugly or as yeah. as a man or as, as or when she's dressed up as Anita, but the the facial expression is just is not great. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm be honest, Aww. that face is so distracting. Face. I didn't even realize that uh, he was dressed as a sheep. Cause all I remember is what the face looked like. Yeah. Now, I could remember the horns and all 
and I like the, the fleece and whatnot. The face is all I saw, and then my brain was like, "Turn off! I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> right? right? Like, right. let's let's get this candy. Yeah, and there's definitely that element of of camp in Australian drag that is. Uh, it takes some getting used to because there yeah. there are a lot of costumes on that runway, and it's <laughs> like, okay, uh, right. this if this is what flies, I, I'm see, very surprised. To me, camp and costume two different things. Like we've seen camp on you know Drag Race here, and it's you know the overdone like funny like Utica, yeah, yeah like <laughs> Utica, Utica, not that Bob Ross, but other Utica costumes. <laughs> So I just feel like maybe the translation's getting lost in camp and costume with them because, to me, a sheep costume is not camp. A prawn costume is not camp. Yeah, it's just a costume. It's just a costume. So Speaking of costume. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out and keeps going. Um, Then we had Kita with a rugby look. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. Was not impressed, yeah. and that's yeah. that's the only note. I, I wasn't impressed. It wasn't bad, or I'm sorry, what? It wasn't bad, <laughs> but it just wasn't impressive. There were other, there were better looks, much better looks on the runway. That's what I was gonna say. It wasn't a bad look. It was, but it wasn't really memorable, or it didn't stand out. I will say, oh. I thought that Electric Shocks look was better than Kita's, in my opinion. I think she did. I know they than said that them. it was, it was busy. And all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I thought, I thought she looked better. Than I people. think she was the best representation of Auckland that we saw. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Anita Electra. or Kira? No, Electra. Oh, Electra. My bad. Ooh, see, you like them judges. <laughs> well, y'all bro. just hate Electra. Y'all don't want her to be great. Anyway, then of course, last we had Art Simone with probably one of the best re- re- reveals um, of any Drag Race franchise. Uh, flawless execution. Going from all black to the painted up graffiti look. Um, I love a reveal. And to me, I've never seen one done that way. Uh, where your whole outfit essentially is flipped inside out. And then the smooth transition between the two. It was it was, it was was a great look. And had her uh, born naked look been better, I think that she would have won the night for sure. Agreed. I think if her born naked look had been better she probably would have won i i've seen uh that style transition before uh someone did it with with plaid and violet Chotsky Chotsky did it and that was amazing but it continues to blow your mind every time you see it and when it's done like that and it's so flawless and seamless it's 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 worthy of the recognition to me i live for a queen that Again, as someone who's an overthinker uh, and how many people just want to walk out there and wing it, I, I have so much respect for a queen who obviously practiced that hundreds of times in her bedroom or wherever she was. Yeah, the transition so, was flawless. I, I mean, much respect for that, like being prepared and, and not just winging it, right? So, yeah. So now on to the critiques. So Maxi Shield, et cetera, et cetera, Anita Wiglet, and Ketamine are safe. Any thoughts on that? I probably would have had Electra safe and maybe have swapped out Anita. Yeah, probably Anita. Mm-hmm. I think a case could have been made for 
for any of them. I mean, they were exact. They were exactly what what we describe them as safe. I mean, okay. they, they didn't do anything extraordinary. Uh, we could barely remember what et cetera, et cetera had on <laughs> aside from the surgery look. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, that they, you could probably make the case for JoJo and Electra swapping places with some of them to be safe. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think the judges were pretty hard on Electra. But yeah, they were. It is what it is. I think that uh, JoJo definitely earned her place in the bottom which is unfortunate oh, i said jojo i meant coco <laughs> jojo definitely earned that bottom i was like oh you want to switch jojo yeah, she wow. earned that bottom <laughs> wow. i was like yeah i mean it really wasn't a competition there should have even been a lip sync jojo should have just been gone like i mean i'm just saying it's just one of those moments but i think that a case definitely could have been made for electra and coco being swapped out with any of the ones that were safe Certainly, in my opinion, with Anita, not just because I don't like Anita, but because their looks were more put together, more along the lines of what the judges asked for or what the theme was, even though with the Rue look for Electra, they didn't really interpret it that way. Um, but like, et cetera, we didn't remember et cetera's look, but she was saying like to me that it was kind of weird choices. It was, it was a weird, weird, weird choice that she was safe, but mm -hmm. then Electra or Coco weren't safe. Whose looks we can remember like, right. You know, but could we remember because they were so bad? <laughs> well, that could be true. That gorilla is because it was so bad and them lips because they were so bad. But, um, we ain't got to go, go that deep into it, but I feel like you could have swapped out Kita, Anita, uh, Etc. With with anybody that was in the bottom, and I think that well, not anybody, not JoJo. All right, so Scarlet, Electra, Coco, JoJo, Karen, and Art Simone represent the tops and bottoms of the week. So of course the judges give their critiques, right? So uh, the judges go through their critiques, and Scarlet Adams receives positive feedback they they liked her looks um uh electroshock oh more mixed uh coco uh, they thought the first look was a little too messy jojo it was more about the execution karen from finance uh they said she was polished and art simone they said that she was really good so uh, you, just based on their feedback you can kind of tell who is going to be uh, tops and bottoms of the week with uh, Scarlett, uh, Karen from Finance, and Art Simone really standing out. And then Electra, Shock, Coco, and JoJo uh, receiving more negative feedback. I, I, I just think that the judges like Scarlett, so they gave her, you know, high praise for middle, middle of the line work, yeah. which I guess, you know, safe work. So Right. That's exactly what safe is. <laughs> Middle of the line. Uh, I think you just hating on her hand puppet. <laughs> it was a hand puppet. <laughs> I have it right. Yeah, so then we, like I said, we get the little brief untucked. I don't even know. Anyway, untucked. Um, where it's obvious, you know, the queens. So JoJo, she makes a comment like, I don't want the attention on me. when If they talk to me, I'm just going to, I'm going to fall apart. And she kind of does because she knows that she's probably lip syncing um, tonight. So, yeah, I mean, 
very unfortunate. I do I did like the the heart to heart between her and Coco. Um the the black queens supporting each other. But yeah, it was just hard to see her like that. And I feel her like I'm the same way, like <laughs> when you're just feeling like trash and someone's like, Are you okay? And then it just falls apart. So she has to prepare for her lip sync. Uh, I feel like she forgot the prepare for her lip sync part. She kind of just listened to the song. Well. And uh, she didn't put plot any moves in her head. Right. I, I feel like she was, she, it seems to me like she had resigned herself to going home. Yeah. Uh, because the performance in the lip sync, which we will get to, uh, was, I guess, not what I was expecting from from JoJo. Uh, just yeah, to be honest, I, I, uh, I think I probably would have taken a different mindset. Now, granted, I have never been on Drag Race, will never be on Drag Race, never, uh, never, never. And I never will be on Drag Race. But it was one of those things to where when you're in that kind of situation, you can kind of go one of two ways. You can either embrace the challenge or just kind of take your ball and go home. And it seems like JoJo kind of took her ball and, and went home. Uh, it never, she never seemed to recover uh, from the feedback that she received. Yeah, I think she was definitely uh, out of it once she got her feedback. Um, and it was kind of, it was really easy to put the pieces together that she was definitely going to be one of the ones at the bottom. I mean, the first look, they were like, man. The second look, they were like, mm-mm. <laughs> So it was really like, who am I going to be lip syncing against? And like you said, I think that she just got stuck in that. Um, I don't want to go home, but I know I'm going to go home. And so she didn't really, you know, bring it because that lip sync was whew, right. And I thought it was a toss up between Electra and and Coco in terms of who was going to be lip syncing. I at at first watch, I thought it was going to be Coco and JoJo, but then. Uh, being as many seasons deep in RuPaul's Drag Race as, as we are, I should have known that it was not going to be Coco and JoJo on the first lip sync. There's only two queens of color, and then to have them both lip sync on the first round, probably not necessarily the message that you want to send, even if even if they did deserve uh, to be lip sync against each other. Uh but with JoJo's performance being the way it was, she she didn't have a choice. And then Coco and Electra just kind of ended up being a coin flip, even though I think the case could have been made that Electra shot probably received harsher criticism than, than she necessarily deserved. I 1,000% agree. I think it was definitely a case of, well, we're going to put Electra up because we know she can stand around and handle her own and we can't have two queens of color going against each other in episode one. <laughs> even if it might have been well-deserved. But, I again, I don't think that, you know, outside of JoJo, those two should have been in the bottom anyway because, to me, there was much worse executions and outfits for the <laughs> night than them. So, uh, like you said, I think it was just a matter of we can't put these two against each other. She can hold her own. Let's, let's let that happen and let that play out. Well, you know, we all know how it played out. JoJo yeah. is no more. So, yeah, so Scarlet, Coco, and Art Simone are safe. Um, Karen wins the challenge. JoJo and Electra are lip syncing for their life to Tragedy by the Bee Gees. A song I have never heard. Uh, I probably would have had a hard time dancing to this song in general. Uh, 
But props to Karen for pulling out the win. I think it was probably really close between her and Art Simone. Uh, but Karen had two very well executed looks and Art Simone's looks were great. But I think the first one left her open for a little bit uh, of scrutiny in terms as it as it purely related to the theme only. The look itself was excellent. But as it related to the theme, I think it left a little open for question. Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, had her first look been on point, it would have been hands down. She would have won. Right. I mean, you, you just can't argue that fact. And like you said, the first look wasn't bad, but it wasn't on, on theme for what they were looking for, I feel like. But, you know, good execution both both all around. So, mm-hmm. uh, But Karen, if Art Simone wasn't going to win, Karen was definitely my second choice for winning. Not his lip sync. Oh Lord! For one, I, I, one person was up there lip syncing. I was about to say, was it a battle or was? And it then just... the other person was actually performing <laughs> <laughs> because Electra Shock she got after it. She I was brought it. Really surprised. She brought it uh, with the acrobatics, all of the splits. I mean, she was getting after. It. She was lip syncing for her life. She really was. <laughs> right, Literally. like they were actually going to kill her. <laughs> She didn't win. That's, that's how hard. Wait for the stakes of RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. again. Yeah, that's the kind of lipstick I want to see. I want. I want you to to want it. Like, don't just sit there and there and were get drops, up. splits, <laughs> right, everything. everything. And then there was JoJo walking from one side of the stage to the other side, and the only real performance JoJo did was the playing up the stepping in front of yeah, uh, Electra, cute. which. I mean, that was cute a couple times, but then after that, okay, now what else are you going yeah, to do? Like, <laughs> that that's it? That's your only move? And then here comes Electra just, bam, 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 bam. If you've seen Drag Race at any point, you know what bam, bam, bam <laughs> represents. But, I mean, Electra just killed it lip syncing. And, I yeah. like you, I thought JoJo would have put up more of a fight yeah. and done a better job of lip syncing. Now, granted, that song I had also never heard in my whole life. Uh, definitely wouldn't have wanted to lip sync to it. I, I feel like that's a big part. Like as a queen, if they're like, "Okay, you're lip syncing to Tragedy" by the Bee Gees, I'm like, "The hell!" Let me I really gonna have to. That's really a tragedy because I'm a loser, right? I'm like, I'm gonna have to sell this so hard. And I think that's what Electra thought is, "I'm gonna have to sell this," and mm-hmm. she sold it. Right. So it reminds me of um, when Denali went home on season 13. The song. Oh. And oh, and the way choice. and the way the Nolly performed and the way JoJo performed, both were just like, okay, I'm here singing this song, but I'm not really taking it to the level. And I hate to bring in a queen that's not on this season, but when Denali went home, it's like we know we know you can do better than that. We don't know if JoJo can do better than that, but that's that's like that's what could. I feel like she could. Um, but it's a shame like that's what that's the note she went out on to a piss poor listen i don't even know if they have a drag uh all stars down under but joe wouldn't even be invited back to that like well i think she would i think she has the personality and she she could be australia's vangie vangie went home on the first episode and look at her now well, I hope I wish JoJo all that same success because I really did like JoJo as a person, but uh-huh, uh-huh. JoJo got some more work to do as a queen. Yeah. So Electra is told, Chante, you stay. JoJo is asked, 
to sashay away. He better sashay right on out of here. On a higher note, on a better note, next week, Snatch Game already? Yeah. Yes. Snatch Game already. Nine queens remain. Nine queens. So based on first impressions, who you got for Snatch Game? Early fave has to be Karen from Finance. Easy. I mean, you can tell that she has the personality for it. And this is where I'm kind of disappointed that JoJo is gone already because I think she probably really could have brought some entertainment to to Snatch Game. Uh, other people to look out for, I think Maxie Shield may be a good one. I'm interested to see what uh, Kidamine can do. Kidamine. Uh, everyone else, I th- th- there's only been one episode, so it's kind of hard to tell what their yeah. personality is going to be. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see, A, who they select to be in Snatch Game. And two, if they're any good. I mean, in the previews, we heard a lot of Bendy Irwins thrown around. So uh, my hopes aren't set too high, mostly because I don't know if they're going to stick to, you know, Australian celebs and people or if they're going to, you know, branch out and use any any and everybody. But um, I feel like if whoever lands with Bendy Irwin <laughs> is putting themselves in an Olivia Tabitha Brown situation, it's like it's going to be hard to sell that. And to be funny with that. Um, like you said, I think that Karen from finance is definitely, definitely going to excel. Or plot twist, she just bombs. <laughs> I don't see it happening, but it could happen. There's always a chance. And, and, and it happens on occasion where someone you think is going to be really funny and it's just like, ooh, that's not funny at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that it. The only reason she would bomb is because she's pretty locked into that Karen from Finance vibe. That character, even her drunk girl, still had Karen vibes. So I think that it's going to be hard for her to find a celebrity to portray that she could pull that same thing off. Or she might have range. I don't know. Uh, like you said, it's only been one episode, so it's hard to really say who we think is going to do what. But I think she's going to be a front runner. Uh, Maxie Shield probably is definitely going to be funny. I actually think that et cetera, et cetera, might do pretty decent. She she was a cockroach. That's the only reason I think that she <laughs> might do decent. Uh, if you play a cockroach, you can play anybody. So uh, it should be a, a pretty good episode, I hope. Yeah, I agree with what you guys have said. My only thing to add is, of course, I'm curious to see what Coco's going to do. We know. Uh, as a queen of color, she honey. Gonna be, she going to be the queen of color. She better not. But as the queen of color, is she going to choose an Australian celebrity? And then it's like, are there any or any black female Australian celebrities? Is she going to choose an American celebrity? So I just, I'm curious to see where she's going to go with Snatch Game. Final thoughts. Who are your top four? Who's going home next week? Uh, I'd have to go with Karen from Finance, Scarlett Adams, uh, Art Simone, and Maxie Shield. Oh, interesting choice. And who's going home? Next week. Next week. Next week, I think. Did I say Maxie Shield? I meant (laughs) Kidamine. I was yeah. I, I was really thrown like oh Maxie yeah. Shield huh? mm. yeah that's what happens when you have to go through take two you forget what you said <laughs> the first take uh going home my money is on either Electra Shock or <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm gonna have to say Electra how rude so you said Karen Kita 
Art and who else? Scarlet Adams. Are those in any particular order or just outright winner? Right now, my money would be on Karen from Finance. Okay, outright winner. Uh, ooh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Art Simone, runner up at the moment. So Jay, who uh, who's your top four? Top four for me. I got Art Simone, Karen from Finance, Electra, and key to mean, I guess. And who's going home next week? Uh-huh. Your girl Coco. That's the devil in the. Line. I'm just kidding, etc. etc. Oh. All right. So I've got, I mean, similar Karen from Finance, Scarlett Adams, but I have Coco Jumbo. And Art Simone going home. Like I said, I think Anita. I think she might get that warning. Oh, I forgot all about her. How could you forget? Because this face is the only yeah. thing. Yeah, it's so, a negative connotation that yeah. stands out, not something positive. Yeah, so going home, I say Anita. Again, she'll probably get, I'm predicting she'll get a warning from Michelle. She'll probably end up in the bottom two. And I, I mean, do, you, do we really think Anita's a good enough thinker? Yeah, I do actually. I do. I, I do. I, do I think, think she's so. going to surprise. Okay, and then maybe I could be wrong, and then she'll go home episode three. And so, <laughs> I, I, I think the only reason I chose Electra is because it was either Electra or Coco. I figure one of the two of them is going to be in the bottom again. Uh, I don't think Anita's going home next week, although I do think she's not long for this world. <laughs> it, <laughs> but I think she'll get her warning next week. And then the following week, if there is no progress, then she will go home. That's fair. Um, I forgot all about Anita. Um, <laughs> I don't think she'll go home, though, just for drama's sake. I do think that there's potential for Maxi Shield to end up going home. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I think she has boomer bust potential. Um, she's either going to do very well next week or probably or very poorly. So... I could, I could easily see her winning next week just as easily as I could see her going home. Um, I, I think if I had a dark horse for the season, I think it would be et cetera, et cetera. Uh, young queens, uh, since they don't have as many years in the game, tend to be able to mold and shape themselves a little quicker and adapt to feedback. Uh, so I, I think that's always a dark horse candidate for the win. My dark horse is still a lecture. Right. And so my only thing with Electra is that I think she and Scarlett Adams will be bumping up against each other. And I think. Uh, now, what you mean bumping up against each other? <laughs> in terms of two, not scissoring in the bathroom, but two, two tall queens uh, with similar body types. Uh, so I think there, there can only be one like the Highlander. I think that Scarlett has to be very careful, though. I do agree. And then with Scarlett's uh, baggage that she's bringing mm-hmm. into the show uh, also makes her a very easy candidate to send yeah. home. So I think she's got to, she's definitely got to step it up from this week and really bring it mm-hmm. because that baggage will send you packing real fast, real, mm-hmm. real easy. So uh, I think she does have potential, though, to be a great queen and she could possibly go, you know, long run in this competition. But She's got to step it up big time. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on our first episode of LTV. Let's Let's talk drag. Join us next week for episode two, where we will talk about episode two of Drag Race Down Under. Snatch Game. The Snatch Game Edition. 
See y'all next week. Bye. Peace.